You're listening to Authentically Me, a podcast dedicated to activating the magic that is within us all through the power of authenticity, sharing, and transmuting with love. Here, you will find real-life experiences shared through the lens of everything is always serving. We are led through this journey by your host, Serena Rose. Serena is a ceremonialist who believes our life is just one big ceremony for our soul. Connect to your soul and enjoy the ceremony. Hello, Authentically Me Beauties. Thank you so much for being here today and tuning into my podcast. It means so much to me. And so do the humans that I have on this show today. For the month of February, we're focusing on sex, dating, and relationships. And so immediately I thought of my dear friends, Alexa and Jordan, because to me, they are proof that conscious coupling can exist and be beautiful. And not only that, but Um, On an individual basis, Alexa is proof to me that women can really support one another and she's shown up for me and I always feel seen by her and I also also feel seen by Jordan and he is proof to me that men do this work as well. So I'm so honored to have you guys here I know that you lead busy lives and it is truly a blessing for you to take this time and be present with me and my listeners. So thank you. And whoever wants to go first, if you could just tell my listeners, who are you? (laughs) Thank you for all of that. Thank you for you. I want to first compliment your outfit and your hair and your face and your (laughs) so that was like five um yeah you have such a beautiful presence like i think i've shared this with you before but it's so soft it's so kind it's so genuine and it's so powerful it's it's really soothing especially in this moment when we're feeling some feels big fast movement energy with moving into our new place here in austin so thank you for the opportunity to take a break from it and to be here now Mm. Um, so I think you asked me who am I or something like that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am I think the the most fun way I like to describe it right now is unapologetically a conscious bro Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah like I very much resonate with the light and even some of the dark side of bro culture Uh, and I'm even reluctant to say that because I feel like on the onset that might spark a judgment where somebody listening to this would be like, oh, this fucking guy kind of thing. And unapologetically, I don't give a shit. (laughs) And then the conscious comes into play because if you add conscious in front of everything, it makes it okay. In fact, it makes it spiritual AF. So um, Always. (laughs) So that's me. Uh, I do all kinds of things. Um, I love basketball. That's the place I like to start. People are like, oh, what do you do? Like, I'm going to tell you my job or some shit. No, I love basketball. That is the thing that I most enjoy in life. It's the thing I'm most passionate about when I'm playing basketball on a consistent basis. My life is typically pretty damn good. 
Um, beyond that, I'm a men's coach, uh, specialized in social magnetism and confidence, as well as dating. And uh, I MC events, facilitate workshops, retreats. Alexa and I do things together. We do coaching together. We do high-level immersion experiences. I'm also with a conscious boy brand called the Mystic Misfits, um, which you know well. That's how we first connected at a retreat. And that's myself, my older brother, and my best friend, my brother from another mother. So the three of us. And uh, I live in Austin, Texas. We have two dogs. <laughs> this is very like he's reading. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Fill in these blanks. Like fill in this form. Get out of here. It's not your turn know. yet. That's that was not a negative thing. It's just like, leave it. Leave yeah. that. I love it. Thank you. Do mine too. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm not done yet. So if I'm done, then you can jump in. <laughs> And yeah, so we're moving from one home to another here in Austin. It's really good. And also it's challenging because moving's never really that fun. In fact, it sucks. But we're working through. We're getting an opportunity to flex our relationship muscles so yes. that it can break down a little bit and then grow bigger and stronger. We're still together. Uh-huh. We're still together. <laughs> uh, and yeah, love Austin. And I love my dog. I talked about our dogs. And I also have my dog that I've had for almost a decade now. He's nine as of next month. And it's Biggie James Smalls. I have him tattooed on my leg. He's my pride and joy, my firstborn baby boy. Mm -hmm. uh, reaching, reaching. Okay, I'm done. Yes. <laughs> I love that you gave a diversified and unique answer. And most people, you're right, are just like, hey, this is what I do for a living. Um, under the context of a podcast, especially. So um, with that, Alexa, feel free to be your own <laughs> human, because um, you are. And who are you? <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm everything that is required in order to attract this conscious clown. <laughs> he is a real life walking, talking cartoon character. And my life is never dull, like never, ever, ever dull. Um, and one of my favorite things about us as a unit, before I go into a little bit more of me specifically, one of my favorite things about us is how we navigate stressful times. And I tell Jordan every so often, it's usually just after we broke down and then we broke through and there's been some tears where I remind him that one of, if not the main reason why I'm in this relationship is because of how we navigate conflict, not because mm -hmm. of how awesome it is whenever we are mm. our happiest. That's good shit. Right? I am, every time we go into any kind of conflict, I'm like, wow, I am so impressed. Mm -hmm. But I'm also still in the midst of like feeling all kinds of shit. I am so impressed, so. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Pat on my own back for yeah. attracting that. Okay. <laughs> so um, now I feel like I got to tell you about my hobbies because of what Jordan said. Okay. Be your autonomous but sovereign being. Basically, okay. what I find the most joy in is, gosh, it's two things that seem kind of counter. Um, if you're familiar with human design, I am a 6-2 manifester. And so for those of you who like know that, then you'll know what I'm talking about. And for those of you who don't, go into human design. Um, I very much resonate with being a manifester, um, initiating and creating, like being a lead catalyst for things to come to fruition. Um, and the six and the two is role model and hermit. I really love to be alone, which is hard having 
Conscious Bro, Biggie James Smalls, and Little, our baby French bulldog. Oh, wait, can you show them? Yes, except this is a podcast. And so, unless they see the video, video. This is our little Frenchy baby lady. And she is literally snorting. Yep, I can hear that. Hopefully, you can too. So, I love this family unit that I have in my life. Um, And also, I really love vegging out and just like being alone. And the counter to that is the role model. My six is a role model. Um, I can't help not being in that leadership position. And a lot of my life I have spent trying to fight who I am deep down um, to be more like others, to be more submissive, to be more um, manipulative, not manipulative, but manipulative. (laughs) I'm just going to make words up. Um, You know, easily influenced to be the follower versus the leader and that kind of thing. And at this current juncture in life, like I am really enjoying being very conscious about how I am stepping into more of the leadership roles. I spent a lot of time with my girlfriends and I couldn't have, I could not have said that a year ago. Um, moving to Austin has been amazing. I host women's circles with a really big group of women here in Austin. And I spend a lot of time talking about sex sex, love, relationships, the varying dynamics within. People are having too much sex, not enough sex, the wrong kind of sex, just uncomfortable sex. Um, that is definitely one of my superpowers that I, w- I think my mom wishes I did not have. Because mm-hmm. being from the very south, Louisiana, um, and growing up mostly Catholic-ish, church on Wednesdays and Sundays most of my life, like it could have been anything. Being uh, Going into business on my own was enough, but then mm-hmm. for it to be about sex, um, and then also love and relationships. I feel like she would have preferred it to be other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that is definitely my superpower. And I'm oftentimes in community, um, cracking people open, even if I don't try. So I'm trying to give you like the non-generic version of who love I believe it. I am. Love right. it. Yeah, that's beautiful. I relate to a lot of that. And I don't know if you saw my Insta story before we jumped on here, but you guys are my first three-way. So. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Mm. How fitting is that, you know? This is not our first time being people's first. Uh, I'm just, I, don't, I don't even know where that came from. I haven't from. heard that voice. That was a new it was you i was channeling you (laughs) that's some good (laughs) shit um so i'm gonna dive into these questions because you guys are a literal power couple and before me so i know that there's a lot of wisdom that you have and i'm ready to crack you open and share that wisdom Uh, My first question is, what does it mean to be a man to you, Jordan? And what does it mean to be a woman to you, Alexa? What a good question. Like explain consciousness. Yeah. Like explain the universe (laughs) Uh or like, you know, creativity. (laughs) What does it mean to be a man? I think the thing that most deeply resonates with me around being a man like the foundation, the core of it is purpose, uh, like a deep sense of righteous purpose that has a divine orchestration within it and all around it. Um, and that can shift and certainly does throughout my life. And I think for most men, 
So that's a big one. Um, you know what really just came through too is the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. That's the top of mind in my men's group that I'm, I'm facilitating in. We dug into that and the first one being impeccable with your word in particular, that one really resonates with being a man. And yeah, I think David Data's work, specifically Way of the Superior Man, reading that spoke to me in so many ways. Um, and the differences between masculine feminine dynamics and how a man shows up and how he supports a woman. Um, so it's like that deep, unchanging, unshakable um, pillar, like foundation kind of energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's what's coming up for me. What are you giggling about? You make this fist up in motion yeah. when you're talking about an erection. So. Yeah, I do. I do. You're like, this is my line that goes with that it. That is a motion of fuck you. It is. You're right. Why did you just do it? You just been very politically correct the last couple of days, which has been a lot of ever? fun. Yes. Most ish mm -hmm. conscious bro. Right. Yeah. So a little bit of both. Anyway, um, to be a woman, the first thing that came to mind was the ultimate receiver and not, you know, being a woman looks like a lot of different things for a lot of different people these days. And so when I consider what does it mean to me as a woman, what does it mean to be a woman 2020? Gosh, it looks like, it looks like getting the messaging that my great grandparents or my great grandmother had this particular kind of life that was oppressed and couldn't vote and didn't have a voice. And then it looked like her daughter being able to express and have an opinion, but only so much so. And then it looked like my mother being, you know, going into the military and having all these you know, rights that the two generations before her didn't have. And then it looks like me getting the messaging growing up that I can go to school and I can get an education and I should be all these things because I can be, have, and do it all as a woman. And I actually don't need a man because I get to be that whole package. And what it looks like now is realizing the repercussions of having that uh, directive throughout my life because I do. I do need a man. I do need a partner. And I don't consider myself equal. I consider myself as a woman very uniquely a woman and my partner very uniquely a man. And for me now, my challenge and what it means to be a woman is to surrender, is to be mm -hmm. sweet, is to be soft, is to be gracious, is to harness power without having to be super uber directive with it and to be graceful. And even in the midst when I am feeling all of the rage of discrepancy and injustice and all of this is like, how can I reclaim all of the, what I understand as like woman of 2020 and, and respect and appreciate and truly admire everything that three or four more generations of women before me, like how can I essentially take what I understand and what the messaging is of today and alchemize it with that respect of the past. And then, you know, I am formulating what it means to me. I am formulating what it means to be a you know the next phase the next wave of a woman holy good yeah. god <laughs> she just caught a flow stage and rode that way motherfucker yeah that was awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah i know that's like pure medicine most women need to hear that so thank you thank you for opening up and gifting us that 
Um, UN. UN for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I got a big for you. Oh, thanks. Oh, Heart my goodness. Heart. You both are winning. So I'm just going to say Thank that. <laughs> um, so to me personally, you are a representation, as I said in the beginning, of like an ideal conscious couple to me. This is my opinion. Um, so what does a conscious couple mean to you? And how does a couple become more conscious? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, there's so many layers to this. So there's some of the traditional, say, with like the standards, par for the course, respect, love, appreciation, admiration. Communication. Communication. Other things that end in T-I-O-N. Totally. <laughs> and... Yeah, those are all great. And again, the foundation. Bigger than that, the, the thing for us that has been most impactful is intention. So like radical intentionality. Um, and what that looks like, actually, it's great. Our, so we have our whiteboard in the back of people that are watching on video, which has our relationship board meeting structure on it. So every Sunday... Although the last couple of weeks have been a little wonky. We've been kind of like trying to doing it throughout the week with the moving, but we fill out the entire next week's worth of activities um, in particular as a couple and also being very mindful of individuality within that. And we have different buckets of the things that we know fuel us both as a collective and individuals again. And yeah, we flow the week in order to best serve our connection, our excitement, our playfulness, um, our physicality. Sex is like the biggest one around. Actually, the whole meeting revolves around sex, more or less. Um, different buckets, like different kinds of sex. What time of day are we doing and where is she at in her cycle? Uh, those kind of things. Like, I think a lot of couples would be like, scheduling sex like we literally put it on our shared calendar because we have a shared calendar called uh, jordan does alexa <laughs> Love that. people will email us i didn't say where i didn't say what it was they but can try them all there's like could, three and there's the one that most people would probably guess that would be right right we'll respond <laughs> uh-huh totally <laughs> and uh yeah and so counterintuitively to some it is sexy af to schedule sex on your calendar mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it is, we don't like do all of the details, but just knowing that that's a window where yes. we are both going to mm -hmm. check out of whatever else we are doing and prioritize our intimacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really good shit. And it doesn't even always involve actual sex. Most times it does, mm -hmm. um, but we can maybe dig into the nitty gritties of that, but that's yeah. Intentionality. I think is the biggest thing for quote conscious couples. Yeah. Well, that kind of brings it full circle is like scheduling sex can be viewed a certain way, but it can also be viewed with intention and intimacy and as something to be excited about. And so it all comes down to like, what is your intention with scheduling it? Are you doing it because your partner just like wants you to put out and you're like, hmm, when do I have time for this? Let's see. Um, this day? No. Or is it because you care about the relationship and you know, want to set that time aside. So that's beautiful. It's a beautiful invitation for whoever's listening to create that for themselves even or in a relationship. Yeah. And if that's a stretch to go straight to scheduling sex, if sex is a, I'd say a, a trigger or a point of tension, 
then schedule the things that are required in order to get you to wind up scheduling sex. Mm -hmm. We schedule sex the way that we do because we have the foundation of the relationship that we are continuously every day working on and working towards. And some people aren't there. So what is it going to take to build trust, build intimacy, build more communication, those kinds of things. So prioritize scheduling those things, making sure that they're on the schedule. Because for me, if it's not on the calendar, like I complete, like I just don't do it. Totally. It's just not, I like live and breathe by Google calendars. For, <laughs> I don't know how my life has turned out. Like right now we have this time scheduled to move. <laughs> well, we have this time scheduled for Serena. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have a little bit that I could weigh on on the contract just couple things yes. um, just just in like us coming together uh, we knew what we wanted mm. so we we bring awareness there's this whole idea of consciousness and that kind of thing but like we are critically aware um, and self-aware as best as we possibly can be and of course we're always learning that this is multifaceted and has lots of layers thank goodness mm -hmm. otherwise life would get pretty boring um, but when we first got together I knew what I wanted and what I was desiring in a partnership. And I believe you did as well. And we knew right away, we were both going to have a certain standard in this relationship and that we were going to um, hold each other accountable throughout it. And in moments where we would fall back onto like, I'd say patterns from previous relationships or patterns that had been playing out, it's what do we, what do we get to choose to? Not that we need to, we're choosing. What can we choose to do right now to help us break past that, break through that, and ultimately um, make our relationship better? And so having this like ruthless standard, like I am going to uphold this standard no matter what, no matter how painful it is at times. And so us coming together, both knowing that mm -hmm. this was not just important, but mandatory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so just to um, kind of side bar here what are some really quick examples of practices that people could do to get to the point of uh desiring sex you know because you spoke of like wanting to build trust or um i forget what exactly you said but what are some practical examples that people could do to get there yeah there's so many the first one that comes up though is putting yourself in sexy situations <clears throat> so this weekend, we are attending a workshop supporting it called Tantra Meets BDSM here in Austin. And this is the second time we've done it. And we do those kinds of things frequently. Um, this past weekend, we hosted a sexy Valentine's Day dinner yeah. with a bunch of our conscious couple friends. I, I call them the Coalition of Conscious Couples here in Austin. It's unlike <laughs> anything I've ever experienced. They're Other couples that are like us. Yeah. Which is super cool. That's another thing. Get get good friends. Oh, get good. Get good friends, friends. It's like, yeah, massive up leveling. Or if you're single, get that. good single friends. Yeah, not friends that will gossip with you, but like friends that will legit. Yeah. Support you. So important. Yeah, and your girl. So yeah, put yourself in sexy situations. The weekend before that, we did two workshops back to back. One oh, was yeah. threesomes and moresomes. Like uh, what was how, it was how to construct extraordinary moresomes. Extraordinary moresomes. Mm -hmm. So we just went, even if we were not interested in having a threesome or a moresome, we like to challenge our belief structure around yeah. it and how we through like we love the conversations. Say so we, I love the conversations that we had when we put ourselves in these challenging containers. Because right, I can only lead so much. I want to be the student 
sometimes and in, mm -hmm. especially in our dynamics and then the one right behind that was like i think kinky tantra yeah. and so it was about like playing with energetics in a kinky way yeah. and just like throwing a lot of taboo things right i i do this for my work but i don't oftentimes have the excuse to bring it into our relationship in that way so we, we put ourselves in sexy containers and sexy situations frequently and i'll go ahead and, and say that that's not going to be where a lot of people are at they might consider oh my god they went to like a threesomes thing is it like a play party or people getting naked and fucking in front of each other and 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 while that didn't happen that happened later in the evening <laughs> but, and we did not attend that particular portion but it's you know some people are not going to be there the whole idea of like going and putting themselves in that very vulnerable position is a little bit of a stretch and so there's gonna be like some behind the scenes stuff that a couple can do mm -hmm. um like, I have a thing. Well, well, well. yep come on like the want will won't start there it's uh -huh. a chart um i have it as a free download serena i'm happy to give it to you it's one of my favorite exercises it's like 300 questions that are asking you what do you want what do you absolutely not want to have happen and what will you do for your partner mm -hmm. if your partner wants it and it's both on the giving and receiving end you can do it individually and or collectively in a partnership when we did it it sparked like a four-hour processing conversation heart opening tears on so many levels sex yeah it was everything um, so that's a great i would say for any couple that's wanting to be conscious uh that <laughs> and, and specifically in the area of sex and and that might be like a for most people certainly for me it was and still is like taboo and uncomfortable that is the structure of that just lends itself to radical conversations uh that lead to lasting transformation yeah i actually have that list um, yeah, I but i think that you have it accessible somewhere now correct yeah so maybe i can put that in the podcast notes for yeah absolutely. i have it i have it available now and that i think for a lot of people like how some people will say you know i just i know that there's more they've experienced more that they know that there's more in sex and relationship and intimacy but the issue for some people or the challenge for some people is that they don't really know what the more is mm -hmm. and even if they did know what the more is uh the ability to communicate it yeah. and understand where their boundaries are and where their fuck yeses their full body fuck yeses are is a little bit blurry and so exercising the language and exercising the communication around it exercises like the what will won't help to get those juices flowing and lubricating the throat and also maybe lubricating other parts because it's very uh -huh. sexy so yeah that that is a, a beautiful place to start and also scheduling and planning other intimate things um i love opportunities to watch you shine i love like there's nothing there's no aphrodisiac than getting to watch my man radiate like be in his brilliance and in his genius and so like how can i arrange that like how can i manufacture i'm not a i'm not passively allowing life nor my relationship to happen to me mm -hmm. so if i know that that is going to turn me on and get me like right and rearing then how can we seek that I love and that. asking more expansive com like questions mm -hmm. like that you can let your relationship or your sex life just happen to you and put it like in other hands so to speak or you can participate in it yeah. Yeah. i love that i'll add to um the will won't will won't what is it will want and i don't want to get it wrong want will won't 
Thank you. Um, that list is like a key because as Jordan said, it can be uncomfortable sometimes to have those sex talks and sex conversations. And so if you have this structure and this thing in front of you, it can make it easier to open and share. So um, I highly recommend it for whoever is interested. Um, and then with that segue, as far as sex talks go, I know you guys personally, and so I know a lot of like your story and your stories and your shares. And so um, I found it somewhat challenging to come up with questions because I'm like, I already know what all of their answers are going to be. Um, yeah. But one question that struck me is like, you guys early on had all of these conversations because you are conscious humans and you were that way before you came together and now it's just kind of magnified into the beautiful relationship that you guys share. Um, so <clears throat> being single myself and navigating the single world, you know, I'm not afraid to start those conversations and have the sex talk and you know dating with also i have an std so dating with herpes you know i get to have that conversation and open up that can of worms with people um but how early should people have the sex talk and what are some helpful tools that you can gift our listeners to facilitate the sex talk you know what does a healthy sex talk look like you want to lead this one, Miss? I mean, but you can share what you and then I can just like talk on this for days. Okay. Do you remember um, at the workshop that we went to, we did the sex, the sex health, elevator pitch? The sex health elevator. Do you remember that? I don't. Parts of it? Not really. That's okay. <laughs> I just thought maybe he would remember, he remember that and could yeah. share that. But I, I know pieces of it. So yeah. you flow, flow that out because. I think like our relationship, I probably brought that up sooner than yeah, maybe any other totally. partner or potential partner. Yeah. So to provide a little context, um, Alexa and I started connecting online before we ever met in person. The, the story is beautiful and fairy tale like and really just fun. I'm super proud of it. Uh, I reached out to her on Facebook with a voice note, having just caught a Facebook live of hers where she was sharing so vulnerably and powerfully something she was experiencing and this is right around when you and i met serena so you saw on my end up close and personal at a retreat me going through a heartbreak experience like she was and just like raw and wide open for everybody to see and it was beautiful i like moved into a new evolution of myself and a higher expression that brought me to her very quickly so we had a few FaceTime dates. The, the energy was getting big. I was like, fuck, I got to go meet her and see her in person. Like, I knew I was falling in love. And I was just like, yeah, I got to follow this fast-moving energy and capitalize on it. Um, and so within a few weeks, I was flying out to meet her in person for the first time in New Orleans. I was living in Encinitas, San Diego before that, or at that time. And so a few days, probably four or five days before, she sends me a voice note. And I don't remember exactly what she said, but something along the lines of, when was the last time you got an STD, STI checkup? Thank you. STI. You did it. Yes, STI. Thank you. Uh, and I was already feeling 
like some fear slash some expectation around that being something that we would get to go through. And, you know, because of her work and that was like a lot of what drew me toward her. She was so radical. I think she was talking about and just so fucking sexy physically, energetically, spiritually from what I could see and experience from afar. And so she asked me that it had been several years. Um, and so I definitely had some feels around it. I was like, yeah, it's time. It needs to be done. This feels good to kick off the relationship like that. And so when got checked and ooh, I'm going to share it, baby, I'm going to do it. Uh, share it. I've never, I don't know that I've ever shared this publicly. publicly? Yeah. I, I've certainly told a handful of people, uh, but this feels just like a really good opportunity. Uh-huh. And so, to, to destigmatize this. Yeah, definitely. You know so, how I feel about it. <laughs> so I got there and had not gotten my test results back yet. And so, and it was like night zero, I was staying with her. And so it's like, you know, let's, let's take this a bit slow, maybe not on night one, jump the bones and all things considered. And so but then the next day I found out, I got my test results back and I had chlamydia and I did not even know it. Like I had nothing that I could see there that I was experiencing. And I was fucking terrified to tell her it was like oh my god i'm falling in love with this woman and i'm gonna ruin it right in the beginning before it even has a chance to be anything and i was feeling all those feels had the difficult conversation and yeah my heart was just pounding like lightheaded like just sensation fucking overload are you experiencing that on your body a right little now? bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can that in you uh-huh. I love how you just project it right I had the difficult conversation it was difficult for you it wasn't difficult for me well I'm getting to that uh. miss lady uh. and <laughs> her response was so damn casual and I'm just like wait what uh she if I recall correctly she actually didn't even say anything at first she just like smiled Almost like a subtly, oh, that's cute kind of a vibe. Uh, <laughs> and like just tastefully condescending enough. <laughs> I know. I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. I'm no, it was it Way was more incredible. graceful now. No, it was perfect given the circumstances, like how I was feeling. Because it, like, it was this palpable breath of fresh air energetically that I got to take. And I didn't even know why in that moment yet, but I just felt it. And she walks into the bathroom, comes back, and she has some pills. She's like, oh, yeah, like, I had a friend um, or something like your No, I had sister. leftover. Yeah, okay. I had, I had the antibiotics for it hanging out in my yeah. closet. Mm-hmm. And I gave, and it's literally one dose of, I believe it's ciproflaxin, but it might be azithromycin. doesn't really matter. It's 1,000 milligrams of one particular antibiotic, and that's it. So I gave him two because they were 500 milligrams each and I took two because I believe oral sex had happened up to that point and chlamydia can also hang out in the throat. So he took two, I took two, great. And I had been tested before. So it was like this this beautiful diffusing of the conversation. And then then we got to process how I was so casual about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any more? No, that's it. Yeah, how does it feel sharing that? It feels good. I've shared it with enough like close people in private yeah. and even some of like my men's groups and stuff. So it's it feels good and it feels very appropriate. Yes. 
yeah, to me, those things become way less scary and way less charged. Um, for me was when I got educated, when I actually got educated and took, gave myself permission to study those things and expand on those things and then, mm -hmm. then determine how I really felt about them. Um, so we started having, to really answer your question, um, we started having these conversations from like our first or second conversation. Granted, this is the work that I do, but still, um, if it wasn't Jordan and I had already been navigating, like I, I prided myself on being bold and brash and, you know, just like upfront with uh, how I felt and what I wanted and what I, what I desired. And there were times where that came off kind of abrasive and wasn't really sexy. It would kind of like ruin the sexiness. And then there were times where I realized like, oh, I can, I can just own this and have this energy and know where I stand in it all. And I don't need to be very in in your face about it. It's like, I can just hold the energetic boundary for what I know of myself, which took learning more about myself and learning what I desire. And then the ability to like communicate about it has completely transformed, but the, it's definitely a game changer of like understanding who I am, what I want, and then knowing, like having an understanding of knowing what I don't know that I don't know. And like putting, putting that on the side, that was a kind of a meta, but right. But like being okay with that, like coming up against something like, Oh, this is one of those things that I didn't know that I didn't know. Okay. And like just having that kind of awareness, but yeah, we started having these conversations very early on. And one of my favorite, uh, sex educators and sex writers, authors, a little bit more on the political side than I'd like for him to be, but I really enjoyed his older stuff, Dan Savage. Um, he has like these mugs and shirts and things that say fuck first, which is not that you just want to, hi, my name's Alexa, let's go hop in a bed, but mm -hmm. prioritize that sex is a thing. You know, so many people go into relationships prioritizing what they are told they are supposed to put above everything else. Like, can I communicate with that person in this particular way? Check. Do I like their style? Are they this tall? Do they have this kind of job and prioritize all? things are they good marriage material will they be able all all of this stuff they prioritize that over Which is fine and great but yeah. right but they they make all that stuff primary mm -hmm. and they make sex a bonus secondary thing and then as the relationship progresses a lot of times people experience the secondary thing being the primary reason why the relationship ends mm -hmm. so have yeah. these conversations in the in the order with which it matters mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. A um, couple of things. Number one, I love, Jordan, how you are like cheerleading Alexa's answers. <laughs> it brings me so much joy. I'm like, fuck yes. I just want someone beside me to be like, yeah, Serena, you just, you just said that. That's awesome. Like, that's amazing and beautiful. Our wealth. Dynamics are supporter and star, and our human design is manifesting generator, manifester. It makes sense. For anyone who follows those profiles. You get us a bit deeper. You get us a bit deeper. Yeah. It's amazing. I think it's gotten better since we have, like, I think leaned in. To the personality profiles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The love languages. I love stars. that shit. Oh, resources. Can we share resources with you? Yeah, for sure. So ways to have the sex conversation. 
What was another game changer quiz that we did? Uh, erotic blueprint for sure. Mm. Yeah. Take the erotic blueprint quiz. Uh huh. And, and then talk. Yeah. And we can dig into that, but I want to like, I feel like we kind of hijacked the second thing you were going to say or whatever else. And I would love to honor that. <laughs> um, where do people go to take that? Yeah. I just search it, erotic blueprint. And, quiz. Yeah, the quiz. Yeah, erotic blueprint quiz, and it'll pop up. The lady's name is Jaya, so yeah. missjaya.com. Got it. Um, so the second thing is I just wanted to take a moment, Jordan, to acknowledge you for sharing and pushing your edge and allowing yourself to normalize those very normal things because, again, for me, navigating dating – you know, with herpes, it's about like, I don't know why, but I feel like crying in it for no reason. Um, but it's challenging to have those conversations and people just don't know, you know, like I imagine you just didn't know that it was simply an antibiotic or that, you know, it was a conversation that is okay. It's more than okay to have. It's something that we need to have. And more <laughs> infections would not be spread if these conversations were had. So I would like to encourage and acknowledge the having of the conversations and the spreading of awareness versus the <laughs> latter. So, um, you know, it means a lot to me personally, and I'm sure for whoever's listening to just be witness to you in that. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, I really wish. I mean, we're doing, we're playing our part, even having this open conversation. And then I've been doing this for a while, you know, sexual education and having these conversations. I remember doing a live stream with you a couple of years ago now that had to do with HSV, um, which for those of you, herpes simplex virus. So it's herpes and HSV, interchangeable language. But um, yeah, doing our part, and having the conversation where this gets to be, like it's harder to get rid of the common cold. We know less about the common cold than we do about chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. And they're most, they mostly don't have any symptoms and a vast majority of the population is going to have an experience with it. So like if we sheerly just talk about it as common as it is and in that fashion, um, then we make really amazing strides in, in having sex be less taboo across the board and having less stigma. If over 50% of the population is registering positive for HSV, whether that's expressed in a sore or not, that sounds pretty fucking normal to me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I like to go, oh, it's no big deal. But now let's talk about how we're going to navigate that. It's just a different conversation or an add-on to the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for doing that work and being such a catalyst for other humans. <clears throat> um, if it's okay, I'm going to move on to the next question. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted to share just like a personal um, experience, which is I was dating this guy one time. This is a number of years ago. And he was going through a divorce and the first time we had sex, he like really took charge in a way that I did not enjoy at all. And looking back now and being the person that I am now, I recognize that 
there was anger towards women and stuff coming out in that moment and in that expression. And afterwards, I sat down and had a conversation with him and opened up, you know, the doorway to speak about what had happened between us. And it did not end up working out with this man, obviously. But, um, you know, in those moments when something's happening in the bedroom and maybe you don't like it, how do you speak to that? And then also when you're in the bedroom and you want something to happen, how do you speak to that? Such a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to pause and acknowledge you for being a very good interviewer. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so practice makes perfect is one thing, right? The more we practice communication across the board in our relationship, that translates into sexual experiences. Um, so it's sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes, yeah, like it's, but that, that supports it on some level, yes. right? Um, I'll share that it's not easy. Like there's so much uh, programming and deep, I'll say like uh, judgments and even traumas in the area of sex that like in the moment, if, and then I'll speak from my perspective and like my experience as a man, if I do something and it feels like it didn't land, it was bad, wrong, I hurt her, something like that, I sometimes in the past will like cower a bit. I'll be like, oh, Jordan, you're a bad boy. You're abusive or you fucked up. You're inadequate, all those kind of things. And yeah, it doesn't feel good. It's Then it's like an affirmation of like, oh, this is why I don't do anything other than just the very simple P in the V, like sex kind of scenario. Uh, because then I do this and I fuck it up. And I'm so fortunate, blessed, grateful to have a woman that is continuing to develop, to develop more gracefulness in those experiences where in the moment we can work through that in a way that, yeah, we're pushing against edges, but we come out on the other side more connected, better sex, more understanding. Uh, and I'll give a specific example. We were playing with a flogger for like the first time in actual intercourse. And we're leading up to intercourse. Yeah, yeah. Right. And we're in a group that shares some of this stuff. I'll just leave it at that. We just kind of like share some of our, we're conscious couples and some singles too. We are exhibitionists. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and share some of that stuff with one another. And so we said, oh, this would be a good opportunity. I think I said, this would be a good opportunity to post that group. And so I start taking a video of me doing it. And I was so concerned with, or I was so focused on the video and like sharing and I'll say even like ego and making it good that I was not present fully with her and what we were doing and this newish experience, which is so much more important and so trumps the other piece of it, right? And I paid for it because I went too hard and hurt her. And in the moment, really hurt me. But 
Yeah, you cross the threshold. Yeah, I cross the threshold. Cross the, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like to get a bit more specific with it, with the flogging, it's like it will do like a scale of one to ten. Like, what is the pain level? Or like, what is it? What are you feeling? Right. The impact on the on impact. your the impact because it might not be registering pain. It might be a psychological thing. Just like, yeah. how is it affecting you? One to ten. Yeah. And floggers, there's a massive range of like what the pain can experience, right? Because the thick of flogging, like uh, what do you call material? The material. Yeah, the leather. You can thick. fucking whack someone, and it doesn't hurt. It makes a loud sound. And it seems like that would be crazy painful, but it's not. It's more it's, of the impact it's itself the impact. and the yeah. thud and yeah. the pressure that that happens versus one that yeah. has little tiny pieces stings. Yeah, it's like a whip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is this one's thicker, and so yeah. I was getting, I was being just a, a bit. Yeah, not mindful and sort of careless with it and given all these circumstances. And those practices and require that. Totally. Yeah. And so gave her a little spanking that was like a nine. And, and it, that's not the sweet spot. The sweet no, spot the sweet is spot is like six, six seven and maybe eight if you're in it. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, and, and she was like not cool with it. And it definitely, there was like a mini blow up, like a blow up, that's a bit extreme to say, but it was like. No, it was a, a diffusing that needed to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what was really wonderful about that experience though, in particular is because again, the previous version of myself, that happening, I would have like, I'm never doing this again. I would like get into my small self insecurities. I would like, this isn't for me. Yeah. This isn't for me. This, this is why, I don't, why do I don't this. do this. Yeah. All <laughs> these kind of things. But because of our practice and our communication and us pushing the edges and, and ultimately foundationally, we are in it for each other. Like I, I'm rooting for her and she's rooting for me and knowing that they're like, this is not like me against you ever, no matter how intense the scenario is like, that is such a freeing energy to know so that when something like that happens, I can be like, okay, this is uncomfortable, but like, oh, she, she, even though there's this temporary experience, like she supports me and like, we're good. We're going to work through this and we're going to be better because of it. And we were, and it was wonderful. Yeah. That was a great story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a great story. I remember in that moment, it being one of the times where, I could have like turned around and been like, you didn't do that right. Yeah. You know, but instead I, I, if I remember that correctly, I let you feel how that registered to me and that registered on a deep level. Totally. Cause I was like, I felt like you weren't present with me and that really hurt. And like just the way that, and it hurt on, on a couple levels physically and also emotionally. Right. Because we're talking trust here. And if this is something that we are cultivating together, I need you to be uber present in that. If I'm going to be in this position and I'm going to leave myself open vulnerably and I'm going to submit to you because that's what I ultimately desire. I do enough in my day to day. I would love to submit to my man and be feminine and all of that. And sometimes these really cool kinky practices can play a role in it. Like we get in a sense to harness some childlike innocence in this very not so Curiosity. innocent kind of play space, mm -hmm. I should say, because it is called play space, right? And a lot of those things are not really about the sex. It's about the, the erotic nature of what leads up to being open mm -hmm. to sex. And something that I would like to just um, present um, from your story that you shared, Serena, is, the different, is to differentiate between aggressive and dominant. Yeah. And I was going to say, if you would like share a little bit on, on that, but 
yeah, like what you perceive since being with me and me posing that these are not the same yes. things. How has that shifted for you? I'm the interviewer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's like, especially with what Serena said, I think that's a super important thing to distinguish. So yeah, I did not really know that difference coming into this relationship with Alexa. I like I did, but I didn't really to me. Some I level that a lot of people and men can relate to that too. Just like not yeah. being. Yes. And uh, like she likes it rough, but when I'm rough, it like hurts her emotionally. But like, yeah, she wants me to choke her sometimes, but then other times she wants me to be like so gentle and delicate. There is a, a note in there to learn about menstrual cycles. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's infinite factors at play here. Um, and I, I don't want to get necessarily into too many of them, although we can if that's what happens. But it's more that the difference for me is aggressive feels forced. It feels it has a foundational inauthenticity behind it. Um, it's roughness, and I'm going to hurt you. Yeah, it, it's it's, uh, it's self-serving. It's about me exactly. Um, those are the biggest things around it. And to me, in the beginning, like when we were when I was first like playing around with this idea of being like dominant, it was again, aggressive is what that meant to me. So it's like, Oh, I'm going to pull her hair or I'm going to like smack her ass or things like that. And, and I was like, dude, no. And those, and, and <laughs> like, I didn't even really enjoy doing those things, but like, I was like, I guess I'm kind of supposed to do this. Cause I hear the other guys do this and that some girls like it. And Alexis in this kind of like, BDSM, alternative sex kind of space. So that's what this means, right? Like be aggressive, be more physically forceful. And it's, that's so not it. There can be elements of that interwoven, but that is not like the foundational energy at play. It's much more like confidence. It's deep, authentic kindness. Um, it's Dare you say kindness while you're going to you, while you're yielding a flogger? Totally right. It's very counter uh -huh. or contradictory, mm -hmm. you know, logically contradictory. And this is where like the power dynamics play comes into play: uh, dom and sub, dominance and submission. And so, being the dom, and we'll just say in sort of a heteronormative situation, mm -hmm. I holding masculine, her holding more the feminine. I'm the dom, she's a sub in a sexual scenario and it doesn't have to be sexual but that's what we're talking about um it is like i'm doing this for her and that might be the thing that is most notable for me like i'm, I'm not actually doing it for me yeah of course it's for me also but i'm like she is calling the shots even though it seems like i am because I, I am directing the energy but i'm doing it ultimately for her and like then for us collectively so that's a bit abstract it's kind of meta yeah. Yeah. And so I, I feel like you can probably dig into this too. Yeah. Well, just the, the main thing that I will say on that particular subject is that with dominance, the, and, and I've heard this best put by Armin Tupor Om, mm -hmm. is that uh, presence and <clears throat> attention yeah. is the currency in those uh -huh. situations. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like deep, deep presence. And what is required in Tantra? Like, what is a Tantra about? Presence, breath, sound, movement. What is happening in a, in a BDSM scene? like a really good one, presence, breath, sound, movement. <laughs> so they mirror in a, in a lot of ways. And one has elements of dark and light and the other one has elements of dark and light. And um, so you also asked like how in the moment, so 
you did this a little while ago. You said, I like to pause for a moment and present something. So sometimes it's called a presence pause. I'd like to present something I'm feeling and experiencing. It asks for, you know, what is unfolding right now to just take a moment so that I can share yeah. what is coming up. Um, and then maybe we, we uh, acclimate or we course, course correct. correct. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for, course correct. The other thing that I'll mention is that when you want to share something really big about how the sex is being offered to you, don't do it while you're naked. It's yeah, really do it, vulnerable. Do it before if possible, obviously. Not even not, right but... before naked, like Tuesday, nine o'clock over coffee. We're not even getting sexy right now, but like maybe it'll turn into that. But do it in a, in a space where like sex is not even like a thing. Separating that. That way it gets to have, you get to have a normal conversation about a sexual topic versus having a sexualized conversation about something that's not actually, like that's not technically really all that sexy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're in the bedroom, your heart rate is increased, there's blood flowing, emotions arising, you know, it's not the most ideal time to have the sex talk. Uh, which I learned, and mm-hmm. or these kinds of sexual conversations. So yeah, I love that. And I love that differentiation as well, Jordan. So thank you for sharing that. I think a lot of people can benefit from just having that knowledge. Um, so I have like four questions left that I wanted to run through with you guys. I know that um, we started a little bit late, but I just wanted to pause and (laughs) check in with you on time and stuff because I know you're amidst a move. Yeah, I'm loving this. Let's keep it flowing and uh, I'll make sure that that she isn't as long-winded as she can be. I'm going to dominate my woman here. (laughs) Yes, we would love to. If you would like like to get more directed, like, Jordan, only you answer this question. I won't weigh in. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Go get the flogger. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's packed. It is packed. packed. Otherwise, it'd be out. (laughs) I have other things in my Uh I bet you do. (laughs) Um, So... I want to know, you guys share online a lot, and I love how much you share online because it plays into the whole normalizing what is already normal, and, you know, I share a lot online, so of course I really resonate with the authenticity, the vulnerability of your relationship, Um, and there are times when I sense, like, hmm... Did one of them like maybe not like that this was shared online or, you know, I just have these like questions in my head about how being an online entrepreneur and being so authentic, so vulnerable, so open, you know, how does that, if it does at all, affect your relationship and how do you navigate that if so? Mm -hmm. I'm going to speak to what I think the question was ish, or at least what's coming up for me in response to that. And if, if you feel like you're not something cool, but uh, yeah, like sometimes when I share something, whether I'm by myself, you know, doing a Facebook live or whatever it is or on Instagram uh, and, or we're together all I'm pushing edges. I'm like radical honesty. Brad Bland wrote the book on it. It's incredible. I don't agree with all of it, but I think it's a great 
like core way of being for a society, I'm going to generalize here knowingly, that errs on the side of withholding, which is a form of dishonesty. And so then that's like, I think a big distinction that gets to happen in society is like, if you are not sharing things and you're withholding all the time that like you're, you're more or less lying. And so that has been a wonderful awakening process for me, a recalibration, whereas the pendulum was way over here and just withholding and being a people pleaser and passive aggressive and all these tendencies. Being shady. Um, yeah, where it's just, it didn't feel good and it was not good for everybody involved. Now I've swung to the other side of the pendulum a bit at times, like, okay, that was mental transparency. That wasn't actually Emotional like, dumping. Yeah, it wasn't like grounded, connective, honesty, where love is like where it's truly coming from. Uh, okay, I, I get to, again, course correct, recalibrate, and come back to the homeostasis, the middle of the pendulum, where it's a great balance of those. Uh, and the only way to know is if you push the edge. And, and she's a great re reflection for me in those moments where it's like, ah, that was maybe like, let's use a, a bit better wisdom and discretion next time. Like, where was that? Where was that coming from? Was it coming yep. from if we're really honest with ourselves or really honest with yourself? Was it coming from an egoic place because it would yep. get a lot of likes? Ooh. Or was it coming from yep. a place of like deep where you can infuse humor and authenticity with empathy and understanding how that's going to land for people? Not towing the line, well, more or less towing the line, yes, um, but not like walking on eggshells in this, you know, um, in fear of social justice warriors or the politically correct police or something like that, but like how to come <laughs> up to those edges you know, respectfully and yeah. still be able to push them. And sometimes when he pushes edges, he winds up pushing mine. And then uh -huh. we get to process that out. But more often than not, anytime we're going to share something, unless it's live, we talk about it first. Yeah. And, and like what comes up. Upgrade of late even. It's like being really intentional behind <clears throat> that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And because of the space that I'm in, I have learned to be sensitive to certain types of things in the world. Uh, because I, I'm in a space where gender variation is a thing. I'm in a space where sexual orientation is very colorful. I'm in a space where people are, um, big groups of people are reclaiming things for themselves. And so I am directly involved in a lot of trauma healing. Mm -hmm. And so for my partner to be a lot of time, you know, to have a certain kind of, and dare I use the word privilege, where he's not necessarily involved in watching that go down or, or experiencing it go down. I have an opportunity to like determine how I can share from another perspective and another side. And also for us both to look at each other and be like, hey, we're different people. I am totally in, like, I've got me and I get to make decisions mm. for myself and so do you. And regardless of the fit that you may or may not throw, I'm still going to do what I believe is best for me in this moment. And if I wind up having things to deal with on the other end of it, then that's my path to walk. Now, occasionally, because we are so public, there's a potentiality for like either one of us to be like, if I were to, to share publicly about Jordan and the chlamydia experience, that might like, even though I would have done it really beautifully and gracefully and all those there's things, it wasn't my place. That, yeah. Yeah, not that it even wasn't my place. I don't really like that phrasing, but it's just there could have been a better way and a, or a different way. And so like some of the things that we share, we look at it a bit critically. Like, is there a better way? If, if we are really adamant about not just being online influencers, but really making impact mm -hmm. and helping people grow, which I believe is a part of both of our purposes, 
then sometimes it takes a redirection, recalibration, course correction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I do. Look- I do. And that question mostly was for me because, <laughs> you know, I share so openly and vulnerably. And what I'm finding with navigating the single life is that sometimes my uh communication skills, conversations that I hold or shares that I put online are perceived in that like abrasive kind of way just because most humans generally are not as authentic or vulnerable or edge pushing. And so I just honor you both with doing that. And it's just so beautiful, such an inspiration to me personally. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you for doing the work, you guys. (laughs) It's great. Um, So another question that I have relates to a story that I've heard from, I think from Alexa about, yes, it was Alexa, when you you were dating for a few months and you had the conversation opening it up about like polyamory or being monogamous or what stuck out to me was asking the question, what, how are we going to navigate when you want to have sex with another human? Because that's a thing that happens. And so something that has been really alive in my field on both ends of the spectrum is jealousy both with men and, you know, with women. Um, so for example, like, I don't even know how to navigate necessarily men being really attracted to me. And I don't know how to navigate, like being attracted to a man who is in a relationship and then also how to navigate the woman who is like giving me death eyes, you know, but there's nothing wrong with, in my personal opinion, humans being attracted to other humans because we're human and it's just part of life and so you saying that whenever I heard it really struck a chord with me because I'm like yes this is a conversation that I look forward to having and navigating in the future so I'm just wondering how do you in your relationship diffuse jealousy or what advice would you give to both men and women on the spectrum of how to diffuse jealousy and or sorry for the loaded question um, if you wanted to speak to the story that I'm speaking of at all Mm -hmm. so this could be a whole podcast like this is (laughs) somebody that I'm I'm coaching with right now this is a big topic for him where we're, we're going deep into that jealousy stuff and trust and insecurity and open relationships, polyamory, monogamish, uh, which is like what we resonate with. Uh, those bring that up in a really, what can be kind of aggressive confronting way. And which is also amazing. It's an opportunity to grow, to get outside of, my paradigm and my conditioning, all that kind of stuff. And it's not for everyone, but I would say that at least having the conversations should be for everybody. I'm a should in this moment. And I feel good about that. I don't like being should on, but I'll shoot on you right now. Yeah. And talk about it when it's not a thing. Yeah. Talk about it when it's not a thing. And like, if you're coming from that place of if love, you cheat, connection, I'll kill you. yeah, then like, no. you got some shit to work on personally. Yeah. yeah. Because I agree that. 
it like I love a beautiful woman and like feeling the energy that arises in my body through that experience. Now, as a conscious man, I get to chickety check myself before I riggedy wreck myself in the sense that like I'm not gonna go over there and like try and pick up on her when I'm in a relationship or I'm going to be aware of if I'm thinking about that all day and having these like really in-depth stories of like, oh, woulda, coulda, shoulda, or what if, or any of those kind of things. Then it's like, okay, now the monkey mind, like the deep, I'll say even like biological evolutionary programming has just gone fucking haywire. I've, I've allowed it to hijack me instead of fuel me. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful to have a reflection of a woman and my, my intimate partner to work through some of those things, but it's even better to have my men friends that are conscious, that uh, understand and want to check in with their ego, with their sensations, and be a better human being, first and foremost, a better partner, and support women and society. And so I'll process those kind of things with them. Man, like, I'm finding that I like kind of have what I would call a crush on this woman who's not Alexa. And it's like, and then they can reflect that back to me. Yeah, I've experienced that also with this. Here's how I dealt with it. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. And it's this wonderful thing where instead of just repressing it and being like, oh, and, and, and it will come out. It will come out in fucked up ways. Fuck shit up. And, and that's <laughs> stuff that I'm navigating with one of my clients in particular right now is like deep repression, which certainly religion is a big proponent or a big part of that for a lot of people. Um, and so we're, we're working through, bro, stop repressing. It's just like transmute, right? Flow the energy. And don't, if you want to express how. Exactly. To what do is it? With a, more intention. Yeah. Healthy, sort of safe way to express. Mm. Like do it all. How do I not repress? And on the other side, be really pleased with the person I am. Yeah. Like, how do easy, I be a fun. good person and value and honor and also understand that I'm going to make mistakes, but not use that as a crutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Also the things that you described and like for both of us, I think going into this relationship, we're not available for that. I'm not available for that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely just like the whole um, jealousy, hiding, yeah. manipulation, all those things. Do I, do I think that we're exempt from it? No, but on an energetic level, not available. Nope. I'm not available. I am. Re- I will do all the work and then some. And also, if it shows its head, understand and have empathy and compassion for yep. the humanness that we are. So we yep. had these conversations when we first got together, when we were all we could see, <laughs> because I had some foreshadowing going mm-hmm. on. I'd had relationships in the past be literally inter, like just laden with these kinds of things. And so I just don't want that anymore. So like, what do I have to do to reverse engineer? Like if this is where it ended, work backwards. And then from the beginning, like make those adjustments and we're not perfect for sure. We're not perfect. Um, pretty good, but we do really well. <laughs> like I said, there are times where I'm like, damn, we're like, the, I love those times when I'm like, we're so fucking cool. When I say that to each other, I'm like, we're so cool. Like, look how we just did that. Um, the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Um, thank you for that. And yeah, so because you guys are so open and even in your pre-interview questionnaire, you were like, anything goes. And I was like, 
yeah, this is awesome. And so there's so much there to select and to ask about. I'm like, fuck, what do I do? So I started asking the general public, for a lack of better terms, um, what would you ask a conscious couple and a sex expert and an authentic coach? Like, what questions would you ask if given the opportunity? And the number one most reflected question was, how do you keep sex alive in a relationship where it may be dead? Mm. Well, we, we definitely spoke to you at least part of it, and there, there's many ways. Um, yeah, fellow conscious couples, uh, and I, and the counterbalance to some degree of that is strong men's group for men, strong lady group for ladies, and like having those core and then the intersection of those, because the tribe, right? The nuclear family, like we don't have any friends, just us, we're business partners maybe, we're, trying to be lovers, we're parents, we're all, we're everything for one another. And so we do nothing really that well. Like some things are good, but usually sex is the one that oftentimes goes by the wayside. Because things are boring. Everything yeah. is predictable and together and there's not the distance mm. to create polarity yeah. and yeah. Yeah, and creating obviously novelty is like one of the most sexy things ever, right? That's why um, sleeping with someone new is like can be very energizing and, and all these kind of things. Um, and sometimes for some people sleeping with someone new, if it's outside of the relationship, reinvigorates the connection with their current partner. Because totally. if you want to have more sex, have sex. Yes. Mr. Perel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. And then again, back to putting yourself in sexy scenarios and situations, like being around sexy energy, because sometimes it can be really difficult to create it within the two of you individually. When the yeah. room and the bed is all the same as all Except the last time. You sleep in it, you wake up in it, your dogs Dog are rolls in it. around exactly. in it, the it's kids like, are in it. Sometimes there's not always like the most sexy uh, energy there. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, uh, I'll weigh in like, People oftentimes will say, how can I get the spark back? Or um, I have one client that uses like, when, I, when we first got together, I wanted to jump his bones all the time. And now, and mm. now, like, how do I get that back? Well, first off, want to go ahead and throw out that you're not going to get something back that was very unique to that time mm -hmm. the phrase for the the what it's called is limerence where you are infatuated with this new honeymoon person phase. or the honeymoon phase you're yeah. infatuated with this new person they represent a lot of varying neurochemicals mm -hmm. they are new and exciting and so there's risk and where's this going to go and so there's adrenaline and there's um serotonin and dopamine because they're doing exciting things and there's a lot of pleasure and there's no routine yet and so then there's also lots of oxytocin like oh my gosh I do I think I'm falling in love all of that is new there's cortisol that's you know it's less in the beginning and all of these different things and so if you look at it from a very scientific perspective this makes sense all these things are at a peak a neurochemical cocktail of bliss mm -hmm. and as routine and things move in oh my god it's exciting and then it's great sex for like a week and then it's like oh you're in my <laughs> time god damn it <laughs> so you know i really don't like the way that you just leave your toothbrush by the sink libido down like yeah. it's just if you could use these things to your advantage versus going shit this is just always gonna happen this, this is gonna always play out where I'm not gonna want my partner anymore no fuck that you can choose to take more 
control. Like you can have more, you can play more of a role in it. Um, or you can let your life and your sex life happen to you right. versus you being a participant, like I said before. And so if knowing that this is really present in the beginning, how can we recreate, manufacture something for this new phase of our relationship, right? Because this is different. We're at a different time. We're at a different age. We know different things. I've watched you take a shit. Like I, there's no turning back from that. Right? <laughs> there's like nothing sexy about it. So you know, these things that I'm like, oh my God, we are so connected. And how can we take the consistency in the container that we have that provides me safety, provides me security, and provides me all the things that I believe that I need in order to live a thriving life in, on, on my own and in a relationship? How can we take all that like safety and security and also add adventure and spontaneity and risk? Because those are equally as important. And if we do not come together and say, we prioritize this number one, mm -hmm. then what, like the repercussion, we're just going to have to deal with the fallout. And I am not available for that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. You just gave people permission and that's amazing. Um, so the last question is what I've been closing every interview with this month. And it is, what is your best sex dating relationship? advice if you were to like plant something in everyone's brain you now have this wisdom you're welcome what is it is it true if you don't lose it you use it, it you, you lose, lose it, it. <laughs> anyway that came real version yeah uh yeah. for me and it's so contextual but the first one that came up for me is and this is directed more so to men that are single slash dating and that is anti-game is the best game. And I did a, a podcast with one of my Mystic Misfit brothers where we went deep into this. This is something that we've talked about for a long time and experienced in many ways. And it's so fun. And it's rewriting this idea of game, of pickup artistry. It's like conscious pickup artistry. Mm -hmm. And it's like saying the thing you think you're supposed to say and letting that fuel like the connection. So like what I most don't want you to know about me is this kind of a thing, you know? And then I, again, play with the line of mental transparency versus like radical honesty and like connection within all that. Um, but that is, that was an absolute paradigm shifter for me when I started doing that in dating, like, yeah, you know, I'm feeling like a lot of sensations in my body. I'm like, I'm kind of like nervous meeting you for the first time. And like, I really want to impress you. Like I found that women love that. And I felt, way more authentic and had way more fun and the connection was like deeper and quicker and it was amazing so anti-game is the best game i'm going to be doing i'm like in the early-ish to mid stages of doing a course around this stuff boom mm. boom that was great yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Hmm. i'll condense this into <clears throat> prevent boredom in the future by giving yourself permission to explore now. Yeah. Yep. Great. So that my drop. I just feel like that could have been so much deeper, but that's what that is. That is basically what I mean. That is inevitable for people in long-term relationships to a to a degree. Um, I don't want to project all over all the couples mm -hmm. that they're just going to be bored with themselves. No, but if people are having the same kind of relationships that I experienced with my clients and like I have been in myself, 
like things get a little stale or a little like not less enthusiastic about it, maybe a litter, you know, later down the line. So what, what can I do right now that gives myself permission to explore at the stage where I am right now? It may not be go to a play party. It may be read a book on female sexuality. It might be go to a workshop that's bondage 101 where I'm surrounded by other people that value this thing that I am giving myself permission to value as well. Yeah. And I think it is deep. I mean, sometimes just a couple of words is all you need, honestly. Like, I I feel like there's so much wisdom in absolutely everything that you've shared for the both of you. And I know that whoever hears this will benefit. So I trust in this process and what is being shared very much and I trust in you guys it's why I have you on the show so thank you so much for for being here and is there anything else that you wanted to share before we end this episode Mm. yeah thank you for having us this truly was really fun like a much needed great break from the shit that we're doing we get to get back into and uh, I feel more connected to you to me to you Serena it's been a hot minute since we've dropped in live so yeah feeling great grateful (laughs) same awesome thank you guys thank you for being here it is an honor to share with each and every one of you authentically. If you would like to receive in a deeper way, visit our website at authenticallymeradio.com or bookserenarose.com. Remember, you are exactly where you are supposed to be doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing, and you are loved.